Hey everybody, welcome to Kern Talks, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church's podcast where we revisit the message from this week's church service. I'm Christy Q, the worship leader and producer at Kern Church. We know you're busy and maybe don't have time to watch the video for a whole service. Well, we got you covered with Kern Talks. With that said, let's hear Reverend Jim Bale's message from Sunday, February 6th, Worthy of the Lord's Table. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to worship. Welcome to worship with Kern United Methodist Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. We thank you for for joining us. Please note that this week, Kern Memorial Church is resuming a weekly newsletter. And as you read this, please note all of the activities, all of the ministries that are now going on and that are also envisioned in the very short term. You may contribute to the newsletter by writing newsletter at kernumc.org. And also there will be a newsletter space that will say opportunities to serve. And we hope that you will read these closely of all the opportunities we have to serve Jesus Christ through the church. Thank you for joining us for this time of worship and praise of God in the name of Jesus Christ through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Let us worship. Let us worship in gratitude and thanksgiving to Almighty, all-loving God. Let us worship through music, worship through prayer, worship through giving, worship through the reading and proclaiming of the word, worship through the remembrance of that night, that table, that host, worship through the offering of our lives. Let us worship. Today's scripture lesson comes from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Worthy of the Lord's table. Fred Craddock writes of an experience he had uh, while uh, teaching at the Enid Theological Seminary years ago in Enid, Oklahoma, a Disciples of Christ seminary and his seminary alma mater. Dr. Craddock uh, rose quite a 
drove quite a distance to a, a small town outside of Enid to preach. On the way, there was a terrific thunderstorm, and the church, the small church, uh, called off the, the evening services. Everyone got the, the message uh, by telephone except Dr. Craddock, this being long before cell phones. So two gentlemen had the, the courtesy to, to go to the church and, and to be there, uh, awaiting Dr. Craddock to inform him the service had been canceled. Dr. Craddock entered the, the small sanctuary, and he found the two gentlemen dealing cards, dealing cards on a table that had engraved in remembrance of me. What are you all doing, Dr. Craddock says. He said, well, we're just, uh, the men said, we're just playing a little poker before you got here. Dr. Craddock said, on that table? One of them responded, a tables, a tables, a table. Not this table, Dr. Craddock said. It's, it's not just any table, not for me, and not for the church. That table, this table, it's not just any table. The table was not just any table for Jesus. And so through the scriptures, through the Christian memory, through the Holy Spirit, through the tradition of the church, we remember this table. We remember Jesus giving instructions for the preparation of that table. We remember just a few evenings past Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, hours before Jesus' crucifixion that Jesus leads the disciples into Jerusalem, uh, into an upper room, and they sit around a table, like this table. That wonderful evening in which Jesus reaffirms the love commandment, Jesus washes their feet, Jesus gives some of his greatest teachings, Jesus prays for the oneness of the body of Christ, as we heard a couple of weeks ago, and then Jesus takes a loaf and says, you know, this is my body, which is given for you. And he takes a cup of wine and he says, uh, this is the blood of, of the new covenant, which is given for you. And in Mark's, excuse me, in Luke's account, Jesus says, and do this in remembrance of me. And so those disciples later did. And the early church did and has ever since. And so we do. This table is not just a table. This meal is not just any meal. Not for Jesus. Not for the Apostle Paul. 
The Apostle Paul, as Chris just read, uh, repeats those words of invitation and institution that we call them from Jesus, inviting them to the table to receive and in the meaning of the bread and, and the wine. But the Apostle Paul immediately gives us a twist and almost a shock as we heard read. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, literally unworthily, will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. Wow, what, what a downer. Jesus' invitation has become Paul's stern warning. We know from the, Paul's letters to the Corinthians that there indeed were some practical uh, difficulties and missteps, according to Paul, in the partaking of the Lord's Supper. There were some who were coming to the table lightly or uh, frivolously, without depth and meaning and spirit. There were some seemingly who were pushing others out of the way to get in the, the front of, of the line at the head of the table, especially pushing aside the, the poor and the marginalized, undoubtedly making them feel even more marginalized. There were times when some were partaking more of, of the elements than, uh, than they were given to, to receive. Paul is speaking strongly with this warning. Saying, beware, lest you come to this table unworthily in an unworthy manner. Where did that leave them? And where does that leave us? And how do we not come to the table unworthily? Or the two negatives making a positive? How do we come worthy of the table? Let's dig deeper into Paul. Paul says, examine yourselves. That probably was the last thing that they wanted to do perhaps the last thing that we want to do, to examine ourselves honestly. Honestly, not in comparison to others, but in comparison to Jesus Christ and, and the dignity and the holiness in, of the table. Paul says, examine yourselves and if they were reluctant to do so, as we are reluctant to do so, Paul helps them, and Paul helps us. And this moment in the Scriptures is related to everything that Paul experienced and believed and spoke and taught. We go back to, to Romans 3, one of his great chapters. 
And Paul writes in Romans uh, 3, For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under the power of sin as it is written, quoting a verse from Ecclesiastes, There is no one who is righteous, not even one. A little further in Romans 3, Paul writes, For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul examines us for ourselves when he writes here and repeatedly that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that each and every human being, except for Jesus Christ, indeed is unworthy of the table. I recall years ago uh, going with now retired Bishop Ken Carter to a Sunday afternoon service in the Knox County Jail. And Ken Carter spoke to the inmates, and also to me. He said, we are all felons in God's eyes. And they cheered. Not in a frivolous manner. For just a moment that they heard the gospel word that each and every one of us is, is a felon in, in God's eyes. And, and, and for a moment, they did not seem totally marginalized and, and ostracized and, and shunned from the rest of the human race. So what do we do? As Jesus' invitation has become Paul's warning, is there any possibility that anyone except for Jesus is truly worthy and welcome at the table. We go back to that moment at the table and we realize those 12 disciples that are there. And when Jesus said that, uh, that one of you will betray me, that there was a moment when each and every one of them said, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? That each and every one of them knew that they had the capacity, they had the fallen nature to betray Jesus. Or in Peter's case that night, to deny Jesus. Or for all of them later that night, to forsake Jesus and flee. The disciples that night had a moment of recognition of what they were capable of. Could it be that though we know that we are unworthy of this table, that if in any sense we are worthy, or certainly welcome, it is to confess that we are unworthy. That we too need 
Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we too need grace as much as anyone. Paul continues in, in Romans 3 when he says, they are now justified by His grace, made right as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by His blood effective through faith. And Paul continues into the good news of grace, of Jesus, that redemption, salvation, is grace, which means a gift. A gift, freely given, freely offered to be received in faith. And as they and we and anyone would come to the Lord's table, as we confess that that we are unworthy. Could it be that in our renewed openness to Jesus, that we would refine, experience a, a renewed grace and love and mercy and redemption and salvation? It was a story and an experience I told you years ago when, when I was here. An experience I was told uh, by a church member after the fact. An experience, a church experience he has told publicly and, and gave me the permission to share. This church member and his wife were both Vietnam veterans. Of course, returning to the States after their service, they were very much attuned to, to the difficulties and the uh, post-traumatic stress of the veterans. This gentleman was, was so sensitive to Vietnam veterans that uh, he became employed among the first employees of the Vietnam Veterans Counseling Center on Magnolia Avenue in Knoxville, and that that he went to the University of Tennessee to receive his doctorate in counseling psychology to devote his life um, you know, to the care and the counsel with Vietnam veterans. But those of us who, who knew him, in all of his graciousness, found a, there's a sense of unsettledness and, and unrest within his soul that was quite obvious. Then he, he told the story of what happened in church a single Sunday morning. It was the first Sunday in the month as we celebrated the Lord's Supper. The entire worship service was centered around and pointing toward the climax of, of coming to the Lord's table. The, the hymns, the liturgy, the, the anthem, uh, the furnishings, everything. 
our friend said that he came with this deep soul baggage and psychological baggage that he'd been carrying for years. And he said, but as he was kneeling before the table, as he responded, as he always did, to Christ's invitation to come and receive, he said that you know, in a moment that he, the entire worship service came rushing together. The, the setting, the, the furnishings, the, the music, the, the scripture, the message, he, he looked up and saw this table. He saw the cross on the altar table. He saw a a large wooden cross on the back church wall. And as he was receiving the loaf to eat and the cup to drink, that the living Jesus spoke to his soul and said, it's over. It's over. In that moment, and it sure didn't come easily, in that moment there was grace, costly grace. For him, he took as forgiveness, as cleansing. He told the story that while in Vietnam he had witnessed what we would call an atrocity, and that experience, you know, what he saw, the sounds he heard, it seared his heart ever since. And he himself had carried guilt, this profound guilt in his soul ever since. But in that moment at that table, Jesus said, it's over. It's over. As we experienced a, a few weeks ago in worship, that Jesus had said at that table, give it to me, and Jesus took it. And in Christ's grace, there was new life. And his spirit was reborn. As I told that story here years ago, and I used his first name by his permission, Craig. One of our members said, you know, I know Craig. You know, I know Craig. And Jim smiled. It's... A table, a table, a table. No, not this table. Not this table. This is Jesus' table. This is 
the gospel good news table. This is the while you were yet sinners, Christ died for us table. And so this day, may we hear Christ's invitation not only to the table, but each day of our lives. Come, receive. Realizing your need for grace, but come. Come anyway, come especially. Come and receive grace, forgiveness, love, redemption, salvation. Come and receive me. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, as we remember that night, help us to remember that each of the twelve, with one exception, came to be transformed. And that the only one who gave up on Judas was Judas. And gracious God, we pray that you would help prevent us from trying to examine others and their faults and mistakes and shortcomings and look honestly at ourselves and even more deeply as Christians to look deeply at you into your eyes, into your welcoming hands, into your heart, into your love. The table, your table, the gospel good news table. In your name, O oh Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us in worship. What a joy it is to share good news. The best of news of Jesus and his love. And now may we all go forth with the assurance of that love, with the experience of that love, to share it with others. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.